and welcome everyone to the podcast. Uh, we call this From the Preacher's Study. Mm-hmm. My name is Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. My colleague is uh, Brother Kevin Clark, and we uh, began a study of the Sermon on the Mount back mm-hmm. uh, some sessions ago, and we're going to continue that today. We might just tell people that are watching we have a little light issue, and so yeah, yeah. the lighting seems a little unusual It's right. uh, because we have some uh, lighting issues. Uh, Mark and Jason have been working on that, and they do a great job, and we're glad we're able to uh, for we're glad it's as good as it is, although it may be a little unusual to uh, to the viewer. And so just if you'll be patient with us and maybe uh, it'll be a little forbearing, we'll get through it. Amen. We're going to continue our discussion of the Sermon on the Mount. We're in the Beatitudes, that very mm-hmm. first section. This fundamental teaching for disciple of Jesus. And um, um, this summarizes and captures some of these basic doctrines that and basic ideas that we need to develop into our character. And so, blessed are the poor in spirit, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle or the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so, that's what we've talked about up to this point. We're going to continue in verse 7 with, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy in this session. Uh, but uh, Kevin, you got anything, any words uh, you want to share as we introduce the... Uh, yeah, something that's just on my mind is uh, I'm just so very thankful for all of the positive feedback that we get from the work that we've done. We get that from members of our congregation who we see on a regular basis as we assemble together. But we also get it from some of you from other places, other states in the United States, and even outside the United States. You guys take the time to send a kind word, a word of encouragement, and just want to let you know we really, really appreciate that. It picks up our spirits. It lets us know there are other people out there who appreciate God's word as much as we do, and it encourages us to continue on. Don't grow weary in well-doing, as Paul said in Galatians 6. So just wanted to say thank you for that and really appreciate uh, having that opportunity and this opportunity to share God's word with you. Just uh, a few years ago, certainly a generation ago, we, this would not have been possible. That's right. That's right. And uh, but you know, with the technology the way it is, we want to use it for good and, and teaching the word of God and spreading the word of God. Uh, and then those on the receiving end are mm-hmm. able to take it and, and spread it to others uh, that we may not even know about. And that's so right. that's uh, <clears throat> like you said, that's just a wonderful opportunity, and we're thankful to be a part of it. Amen. Well, let's talk a little bit more about this beatitude. Blessed mm-hmm. are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And so, again, this is fundamental teaching. Mm-hmm. Some of these qualities might be easier for some people to right. develop than others. And so this might be a challenge for, for mm-hmm. some people mm-hmm. to, to develop this quality of mercy. Mm-hmm. And so mercy is a disposition of love toward those who are suffering or in need, right. seeking their relief, that they may be unworthy. And so that's mercy. Here's someone who's suffering. And so we have compassion for them mm-hmm. and we're, we uh, are merciful toward them we have sympathy for them and and so all of those are sort of uh, part of the same package uh, even when they're not deserving of right. it that's part of having mercy as well if they're deserving of it mm-hmm. it's not really mercy is it? it's, <laughs> right. it's justice mm-hmm. and so mercy involves compassion and sympathy for people who don't deserve it I think we're you know, our human tendency is uh, that I hope they get exactly what they deserve. Well, that's not <laughs> right. what a disciple of Jesus should think. Right. Uh, now, we're, we're all for 
justice and you know right being upheld mm-hmm. and being done, but in our relationship, the way we think about other human beings, mercy, compassion, sympathy, those kinds of attitudes uh, are really fundamental. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I, this is not an option. Right. And so if we if we are the kind of person who um, maybe needs to work on that a little bit to develop those feelings of compassion and mercy for other people. We need to identify that and, and try to work on that and develop it. Very much. And I, I'd say this too, that if you, and the concept is found here, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Of course, that's looking forward. But if we look at the mercy that has been bestowed and shown to us, it certainly will help us to be more merciful to others. And you see all throughout the Bible, that concept that, you know, if you want to receive mercy, you better be merciful. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I thought about in the Lord's Prayer we see in the Sermon on the Mount over in Matthew chapter 6, uh, beginning in verse 9, this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Then verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So this idea of forgiveness is really kind of wrapped up in being merciful. Right. And God says, if you want to receive mercy, then you ought to give mercy. And if we all think about it, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all experienced the mercy of God through the, right. uh, the death of Jesus Christ and the possibility for salvation. And the more you dwell upon that, then the easier it ought to be for us to in turn extend mercy to others. A couple of passages come to mind. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is at the house of Matthew. Matthew mm-hmm. has just become a disciple, and apparently he has a little reception for Jesus at right. his home and invites his tax collector friends, you know, and people come and tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus is criticized for that. Right, you know, right. Hey, what? He's... he's uh, eating with tax collectors mm-hmm. and sinners, doesn't he know what kind of people these are? And Jesus responds to that in <clears throat> verse 12. It's not those who are healthy who need a physician, mm-hmm. but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. Mm-hmm. I desire compassion or mercy, it's word for mercy. Mm-hmm. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Right. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. You you people need to learn what this means. Right. You know, if you want to be the kind of people that God is pleased with, there's a fundamental lesson that you mm-hmm. need to learn, and it's how to be compassionate, That's how right. to be merciful, uh, and those kinds of things. Same idea is over in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 7. Mm-hmm. Um, on this occasion, the disciples mm-hmm. were plucking the heads of grain and on the Sabbath, you know, and, and feeding themselves, and they were criticized for that. And Jesus responds in verse 7, If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. Right. That just shows me, just this strikes at the heart of what a disciple is. Right. Developing mercy, uh, showing mercy to others. And that's exactly what God has done for us. Exactly. He's had mercy on us. Right. And so we ought to channel that. You know, Mm -hmm. we receive it. And then we extend it to others. You know, I can't help but think about Matthew chapter 18, the parable of the unforgiving servant. And it starts out in verse 21, Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. And then Jesus proceeds to tell a parable, and I won't spend the time to read all of it, but the long and short of it is that you had a master 
who had a servant that owed the master over 10,000 talents, so a massive debt. And he was called to account for that, and he was going to be thrown into prison, or I'm sorry, sold, his wife and children with all that he had. And the, the servant bows down and basically begs for forgiveness. And then verse 27, then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him that debt. So that's the mercy we're talking about. He has this huge debt that he owes to the master, and the master, instead of giving him what he deserves, which is to be the soul into slavery, instead he says, no, I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and forgive the entire debt. Here's the irony, though, in verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you all. And he would not, but he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So here's a guy who's received this wonderful mercy, this huge debt forgiven, and then he goes right back, and somebody has a smaller debt owed to him, and instead of extending that same mercy that he's been the recipient of, you know what he does? He throws him into prison and basically forces him to have to pay the debt. And, of course, that makes his way back to the master from the other fellow servants, and then what he says in verse 32, then his master, after he called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I have pity on you? His master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due him. And notice the argument the master says. The master says, you know, I displayed this compassion to you. You should have done the same thing to the servant. And now that you have it, well, you're going to pay the price, and I'm going to exact some vengeance. And then verse 35 <clears throat> sums it all up. Right. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive mm -hmm. his brother from the heart. And right. so... It's interesting. You have a superior, the master. He's showing right. mercy to the to the person who's lower in rank, and That's he says, right. "Look, you're an equal with this person. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, you should be able to relate to his mm -hmm. circumstances. Mm -hmm. You should be able to sympathize with him. That's right. And you know, you're you're in the same position he is. Mm -hmm. If I, the superior, have right. mercy on you, the right. the inferior in right. rank, surely you should have mercy to someone who's very very much like you. Absolutely. And so that course that illustrates what god has done mm -hmm. god mm -hmm. who has under no obligation right, right to show mercy to us has done so out of his own love for us his own compassion for us and so surely we should like we said take that love receive that mercy and dis display it to others and what it tells us is a, a critical component of mercy is to recognize what god has done for us right and the more we dwell upon that and how unworthy we were and how uh, unprofitable we were, and yet God has redeemed us and bought us out of the bonds of slavery, the more appreciation we'll have for him, but also the more that we'll basically relate to others and want to extend that to them. The same thing was done for us when we first, you know, Paul talked about in 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17, he was the chief of all sinners. But he said, you know, my life is an example to all who would believe in Jesus Christ and have eternal life. In other words, if I can make it, everybody can. So if we're the recipient of God's mercy then we ought to be merciful people, and but try to relate to people. Uh, we all have need of help. We all have need of assistance. There is no. Sometimes people get kind of hard when they feel like they're self-made people, yeah. and they've kind of pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and didn't need any help. Well, that narrative is kind of skewed anyway. There's nobody that doesn't need help. Everybody right. needs help. Everybody had some measure of help along the way, and so the more you recognize those things, the easier it is for you to in turn extend mercy, as you said, even to those who may not be terribly deserving. Right. So the passage you cited, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 
16 actually uses the word mercy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yet for this reason, I found mercy mm-hmm. so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his per- perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Right. A couple of interesting qualities <clears throat> joined together there. Mercy and patience. Right, right, right. That's a good combination. Amen. Now, when I was a child, I would hear this verse alluded to a lot. My mother, uh, when I was maybe arguing with my sisters or, you know, <laughs> discussing things rather intentionally and enthusiastically, right. she would say, Ephesians 4.32, mm-hmm. be, be kind to one another, mm-hmm. tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. So that goes back to your point right. that what God has done for us is the standard. And we need to take that and we need to uh, manifest that as well. Absolutely. There's another story that Jesus tells that relates to mercy in Luke chapter 16. Mm-hmm. You have the story of the, remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Yeah. And um, um, the, the rich man fared sumptuously every day. Mm-hmm. He lived in luxury. And of course, Lazarus, the poor man, was uh, laid at his gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems as though the implication of the story seems to be that the rich man knew he was there. Right, right. And I just really didn't pay much attention to him, certainly mm-hmm. didn't tend to his needs. Well, they both die, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, Lazarus is carried into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man lifts up his eyes in, in torment. And he, he calls out to Abraham, that's in verse 24, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Mm-hmm. And send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue. I'm in agony in this flame. And Abraham responds, child, remember that (coughs) during your life you received good things and likewise Lazarus uh, bad things. But now he's being comforted here and and you're in agony. Mm -hmm. You know, the point is you had opportunity to show mercy. Exactly. You did not. Right. And so now no mercy is going to be shown to you. Right. And so by... The judgment you judge, you will be judged, Absolutely. so to speak. You reap what you sow. And so here's an individual who showed no mercy, and he was shown no mercy. And that just ties in exactly with what we've been saying, that you know we, we are forgiven as we forgive. Mm-hmm. If we don't show that forgiveness, we, we're not going to be forgiven. If we don't show that mercy, we're not going to receive mercy. That's right. So just think about how we might do that in mm-hmm. some concrete ways right. in in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one thing to think in theoretical terms mm-hmm. or principles, but how in a real life situation might we uh, show mercy to people? Mm-hmm. And we might sometimes think, well, you know, he doesn't deserve that. Right. Okay, that's what mercy is. That's right. We're we're intent on that. You know, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know, so, but uh, but mercy is this extension of goodwill and and blessing, even when people are not necessarily deserving of it. Well, and we run across people, <coughs> excuse me, all the time who are in need of some help. And maybe they need some medical assistance. Maybe they need financial assistance. Maybe they need a meal. And, and you know, sometimes when we have those situations, we're a little worried. We want to be good stewards. We don't want to just throw our money away or have somebody use it on something appropriate. Well, how about taking the extra time to go to a place that sells the food and actually buy them a meal right. and give it to them? I mean, that's showing mercy. Just We've got to learn to be more attentive. We don't want to be like the rich man and we just focus on our things and what we're doing. And there are people around us that are hurting and crying out 
offer assistance, and we just ignore them. And I've heard people say, well, I don't know any poor people. I don't know any people who are in pain. I don't know any people that are hurting. Open your eyes. We don't live in this society that's so segregated that you would never come across somebody in need. If you drive at all, if you go downtown at all, if you go to certain places, you're going to see needs and also become attentive to people. Sometimes people are crying out and they don't say, hey, needy person over here, but they'll say something about, hey, I'm, I'm not be able to make a meal here or I can't pay this bill or I'm struggling here or I need some help. Just be attentive to opportunities to rush in and help them if you're in a position to do so. You know, Kevin, what, I, what I've noticed sometimes is uh, just get your observation about this. Sometimes in our conversations like this, the, the conversation – maybe gradually, maybe, maybe, maybe subtly, shifts to, but they don't deserve right, support. Right, right. Or who's deserving of support <laughs> and, and that kind right, of thing. Right. And we're not talking about enabling people to do wrong. Right, right, we're not, we're not right. talking about that. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes um, we, we talk ourselves out of being merciful exactly. because we become suspicious right. uh, of people and their, whether they deserve it or not. Absolutely. So right. anyway... Getting back to the where we began, this this is fundamental teaching. This is right at the heart of what it means to be a disciple. This is the way God has dealt with us. Mm-hmm. Mercy, compassion, grace, kindness, all of those kinds of things. We have been willing recipients of that, you know, eager recipients of that. And so if we're going to be a disciple, well, then we need to bestow mercy on those as we have opportunities. So. Absolutely. Let's, let's look at this as a challenge to ourselves. As we said, all these characteristics are characteristics of citizens of God's kingdom. If we're in that kingdom, we need to look at ourselves. Take spiritual inventory. Do we have this kind of attitude? Are we merciful? And I tell you, not only should we look at the scriptures and examine ourselves against that lens, but you know, if you have somebody who's close to you, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your children, maybe it's a parent, uh, ask them to get uh, some feedback about how merciful you are. Now, be, be prepared to get the truth. <laughs> you may not like what they say, but but sometimes we have blind spots, and maybe this is one where we think we're more merciful than we really are. Okay. But do everything you can to check yourself against the scriptural uh, standard, and ultimately it's God. You think about That's all right. the things God has done for us when we have not remotely been deserving of His grace and His mercy and His salvation. We need to be more like God in that right, regard. Right. We appreciate everybody uh, watching and listening in today. Hope that it's been helpful, personally challenging, you know, and uh, like you said, just evaluate yourself. And if you come up short here, uh, we can work on that. You can develop that. You know, it's not a hopeless situation. Just, Just say, you know, I need to be more attentive and I need to work on that a little bit. And over time, we improve in that area. Well, let's wrap things up as we usually do. We'll have a word of prayer mm-hmm. and then we'll uh, close this session. Okay. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for all the many things you do for us and have done for us and will do for us. We thank you for all the blessings you've showered upon us. Thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for all the wonders of being a human being in this universe that you've given to us. We're especially thankful for your son who died on the cross and gives us the only opportunity we have to have a fellowship with you, to have a relationship with you, to have our sins washed away. We're so very thankful that your son's blood was spilled in order that we might be made clean and be profitable servants uh, in your kingdom. Uh, We're so very thankful for the mercy, and we've talked about that as a characteristic of those in your kingdom, and we're so appreciative of the mercy that you've shown each and every one of us. The fact that we're even in the kingdom is the greatest expression of mercy because none of us is deserving of that. None of us has earned our way into Uh, citizenship in your kingdom, but you have uh, given us that opportunity through your son 
that we can have fellowship with you. We can have that relationship. We have the hope of eternal life. We can have a fulfilling life, both here and certainly in the life that is to come. We're just very thankful for that. And let us be mindful of that as we deal with one another, as we come uh, across situations where people are in need or hurting, uh, maybe folks that we, upon first glance, would think are not necessarily deserving of that. But let us set aside those thoughts and really try to see to their needs and try to help them out, show compassion, show love, show concern. Obviously, we know that we have to be good stewards, uh, but we want to err if we're going to err at all on the side of mercy. You certainly have shown mercy to us, and we want to show it to others. Uh, That is a theme that we've seen over and over in your word, that we need to be more like you, Father. And thank you for revealing to us what you're like, what your personality is like, what your disposition is like, what your heart is like so that we may model ourselves after you in all things and grow more and more like you as we go through this life until the day that we're called home or the Lord comes back. We thank you for this technology whereby we can edify and encourage so many people, not only in Birmingham, but across this state, this nation, and the world. And we're thankful for all those under the sound of my voice who are listening, tuning in. May you bless them. Uh, May they have open hearts and receive the word implanted into their souls that they may be saved and go out and spread the word to others so that Uh, There will be a light uh, in the darkness that's around us. This world is under the sway of the wicked one, but we have the light, the antidote, which is the gospel and the glorious news, good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. We ask all these blessings in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.